Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the sixth episode of Season 4 of the Keeping It Arcadia podcast, brought to you by the interns at AUSD's Digital Communication Internship, or DCI for short. My name is Leila Nunez, and I'll be your host for today. In today's episode, podcast team co-manager Lawrence Sung and his speech and debate friends Jack Wing and Kevin Wu recap their latest speech and debate competition, which took place virtually. But first, an interview with Arcadia Stage President Sarah Callahan about the upcoming musical Bright Star, opening March 26th. Hello, everyone. My name is Lauren Sung. Um, we have Leila Nunez Hello. with us. And our guest today here is Sarah Callahan, who is acting in Arcadia Stage's upcoming show and musical Bright Star. Hi. So um, besides name, uh, why don't you introduce yourself for everyone else who's listening? Okay. Uh, hi guys. My name is Sarah Callahan. I am in Bright Star and I will be performing as Lucy Grant. Um, and I'm a senior at Arcadia High. Hey, singer gang. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first question, what is Bright Star about? So Bright Star is a musical and it's mainly uh, bluegrass music. It was directed and produced, or it was directed by Steve Martin, written, and he made the music. And it's basically about a young girl named Alice Murphy. And it actually goes back and forth between the 20s and 40s. So the 20s, she's around 16 years old. And in the 40s, she's in her 30s or early 30s. And basically at a young age, uh, she gets her baby boy taken away from her to protect the reputation because she got pregnant out of wedlock. Um, And basically he gets taken away. She thinks he's put up for adoption and he ends up in her early thirties in the forties when they go back and forth. She is now uh, the boss of her own publishing company and he comes in wanting to get his book published, but she doesn't know it's him. Um, and so it's kind of like that journey of like finding out that it's her son and kind of a crazy story, some romance, some drama, some comedy, a little bit of everything. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And Steve Martin actually plays the banjo, which I didn't know. And so that's why a lot of the music is like banjo bluegrass is because he actually plays a lot of it. So, yeah. All right. That's amazing. Um, so what do you like most about your character and do you relate to your character in any way? I think what I like most about Lucy is how different she is from me. Um, I don't know if anybody who's listening knows me personally, but I'm definitely a little bit more of an introvert and um, can come across more quiet to people that I don't know. And she is the life of the party and is so fun. And she has a song in a bar called Another Round. Um, And she's just the party girl. And she loves everyone and everyone loves her. And I think I think I can relate to her a little bit with how genuine she is. Um, she's a very genuine person and I think I can relate to that, but it's definitely fun playing someone who's so different from you. Um, so I like that a lot. Wow, she sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you mentioned before that you are a senior, meaning this is your last production with Arcadia Stage, what does it mean to you, like this being your last one? Means a lot to me. I think I always saw myself on the big stage performing in front of a thousand people, you know, as your senior show. And I think it was definitely a bummer, like not being able to necessarily experience that, but I still am so grateful that we were able to kind of do this in person safely. And it was really 
really fun. And this show means so much to me. I think it's going to be an amazing show. And I really mean it when I say that. Um, all the characters have worked so hard, the cast and crew and um, just blood, sweat and tears was put into it. And I'm really looking forward to people being able to watch it. Um, yeah. All right. And, um, you know, um, as people know, uh, the first semester production was all virtual, was it was a virtual thing mm -hmm. uh, due to the restrictions at the time. But now you have this opportunity to be uh, acting in person on stage with the lights, albeit, you know, even though it's outside. Um, and so what is it what is that atmosphere like? And what is it like sort of like, yeah, rehearsing in person for what is perhaps- It's awesome, <laughs> especially since we like went so long doing virtual. I mean, um, I think all of us can kind of say that we weren't a fan of our last show in the fall. I think it was just hard being virtual and um, rehearsals being virtual and never really getting to interact. And I think acting and theater in general is like, you're solely based off of what you feel from the other person in your scene and feeling the audience there and all of that really plays into how well you perform and so I think that was really difficult and so I mean we were all so excited when we got the approval to um, rehearse in person and film in person um it's so great seeing everyone and just just the sense of community that we all have um, it's definitely been very cold though, cause we're, you know, we're filming up till like 1030 at night. And so, um, you know, we're all in there, like with our Uggs and parkas and jackets and, um, because it's like, it gets to like 40 degrees, um, when we're there and, but it's great. And it's funny cause we can all see each other's breath, like as we're, as we're watching, as we're rehearsing, um, but I, I think I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Um, I think it's easy to be bummed and be like, oh, well, I wish I could be in the PAC or I wish we could have a live audience, but really just being grateful that like we could have had to do another virtual show, which I think would have been a bummer. So I think being grateful for the opportunity to be in person. Yeah, I was there. I was recording with, um, I, was on, I was there on Friday because I was there with APN and man, uh, some of y'all are wearing like skirts and shirts uh, for the play. And uh, um, I saw one of my friend, the other theater friends there, he was like freezing just afterwards. Um, I can't imagine what it's like just having to having to stand there and wait for your cue and wait for your scene. And you're just like, all you have is like a jacket because you can't ruin your, your costume. That takes yeah. some skill. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And also because it's not a virtual setting, you guys are actually having a show-ish. Um, what are you most excited for your audience to see in this show? Um, I am excited to do another round and for the audience to see that because it's probably like one of the most fun numbers. I think the show definitely leans to being a dramatic show, but like her entire thing is just like party, have fun. So it's kind of like lightens the mood. Um, but I think I'm most excited. There's a scene, uh, well, a song called Whoa Mama, and it's between Alice Murphy and Jimmy Ray and their kind of like romance when they're teenagers um, before it gets all heavy with like the pregnancy and everything, but just like their love for each other. And it's kind of like the star-crossed lovers idea. Like he's the mayor's son and she's like some, you know, she doesn't have like this amazing, not I don't want to say reputation, but um, like, 
she's not necessarily like a high class. She's the working class, the blue collar, you know, um, and he's kind of more the rich. I don't know about rich, but you guys know what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, so that was just like, it's so fun. And it is, it's probably been my favorite scene, like ever since our very first in-person rehearsal. I mean, there were no costumes, no props, no set, and they just brought the whole song to life and they're dancing and it's just such a fun song. So I think that's probably what I'm most excited for the audience to see because it's been my favorite since the beginning. And I was, I also wanted to ask, since you have been sharing a lot of moments with your cast, um, do you have a memorable moment from in-person rehearsals that like, it's going to stick with you? Um, there are a lot, I think, with being with everyone. But I think, I think the one that I'm like, that's really memorable to me is the other day, well, people always, my mom would bring me homemade meals, like, later in the night and um people would always be like oh my gosh that smells so good so my mom actually brought like a humongous pot of soup the other night and a bunch of like styrofoam bowls and plastic spoons and like everyone was just like eating my mom's soup and I think that was just like really fun because we were all freezing cold it was like 45 degrees and there was like a hot pot of soup and everyone was just like feeding themselves like before rehearsal like not even before rehearsal it was like it this is at like eight or 9 PM, but like between scenes. Um, and this one kid, he's actually my, he's, um, my BFF in the show, Jaden, who's playing Daryl and he must've had 10 bowls of soup. Um, so I think that was just really, that was a fun memory. And I felt like it kind of united all of us in the cold. I see. Wow. That, yeah. Um, once again, props to props to you and the rest of your theater crew for really you know taking the time to brave the brave the cold especially since the past i know the past few filming days have been in the rain well not necessarily in the rain but around that time oh it's been raining yeah. mother nature yeah. was not on our side for a little while but honestly yeah <laughs> well yeah uh thank you so much for taking the time to um share your experience on the bright star musical set um for everyone listening um Go check it out when it premieres. I believe uh, it's just next week, next Friday is your the first uh, show date. So yeah. check it out. Drops March 26th. If you're interested in watching the musical, tickets are being sold right now at ArcadiaStage.com. Now moving on to the recap of the speech and debate state qualifiers. Hello, everyone. My name is Lawrence Sung. Um, today, I'm here with uh, two of my uh, speech and debate buddies. Um, who are just at the state qualifying tournaments for speech events. And by the way, uh, all three of us on the on the segment right now, we all do an event that's called oratorical interpretation. To put it very simplistically, it's more like reading someone else's speech with a more dramatic flair, but it's more nuanced than that. Just trust me, you have to trust me on that. Um, but anyway, without further ado, um, uh, why don't you two introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Kevin Wu, and I am a senior like Lawrence, and uh, I've been on the speech and debate team for three years now. Um, and how well I did in the quals, I mean, for this year, uh, especially with the virtual uh, competition changes, I went to semis. Unfortunately, I did not make finals, but I think I tried my best and I 
feel like I did pretty well. And like Lawrence said, uh, this event, OI oratorical interpretation, it, it sounds like we're just ripping people's speeches off, but I like we actually have to have a lot of like delivery skill and all that. So yeah. Well, hey guys, my name is Jack and I am currently a senior as well. I've been on the speech and debate team for roughly three years and I managed to qualify, albeit barely, to the state champions tournament. And as I said, this virtual setting is definitely quite difficult. And as Kevin said, there were a few mishaps with both judging and competing overall, but it was a great experience. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. Um, so I think let's start off by, you know, let, let's work through this chronologically. So how did you prepare for this tournament? Any one of you can go. So for me, basically, um, I practiced for like hours on a day. And for uh, for me, when I practice uh, for a speech or when I memorize a speech, I need at least like two weeks to prepare it because for the first week, it was mostly just cutting down the speech and start the memorization. And the second week is, mostly memorization and lastly is polishing before uh, before the tournament i do not like to uh, practice on tournament day because i feel like uh, i will do worse if i just practice yeah, right yeah. before the tournament mm. like it, it feels like a distraction to me i don't know about you guys but i i think for me i have to like just get it down right before the tournament or just a week before the tournament so that's how i prepare yeah, it, it really because yeah, it really does feel like when you practice on tournament day, like you jinx it. You almost it's almost like a jinx that happens, and then you'll like you'll screw up eventually, screw up something. And yeah, speech, there's a lot of superstition that goes into it, like with every country. Yeah, like uh, I feel like when I when I um practice my speech during tournament day, um, I like I memorize it before the tournament starts when I'm practicing. But during the round, sometime I would have a lot of hiccups, especially in first round, because I practiced so much before the tournament started. And I got so distracted uh, during my rounds where I just kind of have these moments where I just blink out like during the tournament rounds. Yeah. Uh, Jack? Well, yeah, what Kevin said is absolutely true. Practice does make perfect. But for me personally, my job was already half done when I first got my script, because as you will hear later on, my script is actually a hand-me-down from Mr. Kevin over here. Oh, he did my. extremely well in the state qualifiers in the year prior. And well, the cutting was already pristine and the overall delivery was all I needed God. to work on. So while I was working on the delivery, I did practice, memorize it as you do the usuals, but I absolutely agree that you definitely need to practice for at least an hour of the week before tournament or else you'll get rusty and you'll forget your words. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and Kevin and I, by the way, are we're the speech, the team captains for oratorical interpretation. And you know what's even Rigged. more surprising? Rigged. This is the next level of OI, next level of oratorical uh, interpretation where we don't just take other people's speeches for originally. We take uh, speeches from our own peers now uh, which is a, <laughs> a, a, a new type of oi format that i'm seeing uh, yes. I, I hope it doesn't become a trend but it works it thank works you, really kevin. well thank you kevin now describe some of the emotions that sort of ran through your head throughout this day-long marathon and um to provide further context um you know not only was this vir virtual um the four of the three of us plus um another friend of ours, Harit Talwar. We were on a Discord um, call 
in the between between the uh, qualifying rounds, uh, the semifinal rounds, and the finals round. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, yeah, just go through those emotions that were very heavy during those that day. I think um, with the virtual environment, obviously for tournament uh, for competition wise, I felt like it was strange per se because I feel like speech and debate events um, is much better when it's in person. I think I perform. I think we all just perform much better. We all have uh, much more energy when we are competing on stage in person. But of course, uh, I, f- I felt like uh, state quals online was actually a pretty fun day. Not particularly the competition, but actually just bonding with my peers over here, especially when we are in like, when we were in the Discord calls. It, it was just really fun just bonding with my peers after uh, during the tournaments because it feels like that you are in person but it's virtual because it, when it's when it was a uh, in-person state calls like uh, last year we we all get out of our rounds and start debriefing it too just like what we did in discord calls so it's just it's a very great experience in my opinion yeah uh my personal experience is a lot of ups and downs to be fair but overall it's definitely amazing getting to hang out with you guys and you guys are kind of my emotional anchor during the whole situation (laughs) because as you guys know my friends know i'm quite the pessimistic person so every single time i don't i don't you know i think that i don't perform well in a round i'm automatically down i expect not to make it to the next one so every single time i hear her say hey come on you made it to semis hey you made it to finals hey you're definitely going to qualify you know it really does uh, you know, kind of hammers in the point that I have these amazing, amazing friends and speech buddies that are here for me and that are here competing with me. But yeah, it's such an amazing experience. All right. Um, and so obviously, you know, with this being virtual, um, there are there are quite a few differences, quite a few noticeable differences. Definitely from mm-hmm. being in person. Um, so, what were some of the upsides and downsides of this tournament being virtual? I'll actually go first for this one, Kevin. <laughs> Because, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot to say about this topic, but I'll boil it down to something that's very, very simple, right? In my speech itself, there's a part about making human connections. And I think it really applies here because when you're in person, you get to yeah. look at the judge in the eyes, you get to speak to them and you get to convey the sense of feeling that you're feeling, right? Whether it's humor, whether it's depressing, whether it's any type of story, you can still convey that very clearly. Yeah. On the other hand, when it's virtual, you're staring at nothing but a camera and the judge typically has our attention diverted, even if for a small period of time. But I think we can all agree that if it was in person, we'd definitely be able to connect with one another more. And that's really what speech and debate is about. It's about connecting with people, making new friends and seeing new things. Very well spoken. Very well spoken. And Kevin, um, why don't you share your side of it? So uh, Jack, I first want to thank you for uh, making me talk less in this podcast because you have taken most of my points. But no, these points are all valid. Uh, I think everything you said about downside and upside are really well. But um, going back to the judges uh, point, though, um, throughout the I mean, before the tournament, it was actually I was at least for my group, I was we were struggling to find judges. It's judges are so hard to find this year because I feel like uh, I mean, to uh, to be honest, a lot of people were feeling like that virtual tournaments are not even fun to judge for them. And they just think it's not worth their time. And a lot of judges don't even have the time 
to judge. So this year it was really hard to find judges. So that's one of the downsides. On the upside, though, uh, this is like a small thing, but I feel like um, during during the virtual tournaments, if you really had to do something at home and stuff, no one really is going to call you out for that. Uh, if, if you if you have to use the restroom or whatnot, uh, of course in person uh, you can do that too. But it's like for virtual, I think obviously for virtual, I feel like it is easier for the tournament. But I think for the competitor, it it's not. I, I I'm kind of getting off track here, but what I'm trying to say is that like for virtual tournaments, there is more downsides than upsides. But I feel like that day was still kind of fun for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of, you know, that, you know, those highs and those lows. Um, just a follow up to that, you know, what is one moment? What is like one highlight that you had from that day, Kevin? I I think, uh, one highlight from that day, it's definitely our team bonding or like the squad bonding. I I feel like that is yeah. like the biggest highlight of the day because, man. We haven't spoken to each other, to, like just the four of us for so long. It's been like literally like a whole year because the last time we all spoke together was in the speech classroom last year before quarantine hit yeah. uh, or in school as for Lawrence wasn't in the classroom. But uh, like, I feel like the team bonding was just the biggest highlight of that day. Jack? I absolutely feel the same way. And the bonding experience was, as I said, absolutely tantalizing because there's nothing more fun than getting to honestly meet with people, good friends at that with same interests, competing all day, fighting with your sweat, blood and tears until, you know, earn a spot in the tournament in the prestigious tournament. But like at the end of the day, none of that really matters because I had more fun that day than I had in like the previous three weeks combined. And that's the honest truth because, you know, getting to talk with you guys was such an amazing experience. And that's definitely the highlight of the day, no matter, you know, how the tournament went. If I didn't qualify and you did, it still go the same way because the experience for me outweighs the results. So we reach our last question. Um, and that is that, you know, as seniors, what are your plans for speech and debate uh, moving on from our, you know, high school? Because graduation is less than three months away right yeah so are you going to be continuing will you be and if you aren't perhaps um are you how would you transfer those skills elsewhere you know uh i can go first so for speech and debate i'm going to continue in college no matter what it is you know i've been doing it uh since eighth grade and i i feel like i fell in love with this subject and like the things you can get out of speech and debate, you can get like, you, you can get so much out of speech and debate. It's just, it, it makes me want to continue. And, um, you know, when I go to college, I think I'm still going to compete uh, within like these college tournaments because like once COVID is over, obviously the tournaments will be held uh, in person. And these are just so fun. And I don't want to miss out on that. Uh, throughout my college days uh, and I think after that I mean speech and debate has taught me so much and I'm just going to apply all those skills uh, onto my jobs uh, my like just everything in my life yeah sure definitely one of those skill one of those vital lifelong skills that you so 
that are so useful later on in life. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially communication, uh, especially in quarantine, communication is even like more, uh, what's it called? Essential in this time. Uh, time. Absolutely. Jack? Yeah, I have the opposite answer because sadly I don't continue I don't want to continue speech and debate in college because well it's kind of a very personal thing because when I get to college I'm definitely trying to focus more on career oriented things whether I be joining a club related to say entrepreneurship because I intend to major in business management or is just doing something to that extent. On the other hand, I don't plan to banish speech and debate because it's taught me so much. And I also started speech and debate in middle school and it's guided me pretty well throughout high school. And if possible at all, I like to judge at tournaments back here at Arcadia High School or even in the same district. Definitely. So coming back as a returning alumni to the team, getting to meet our coach, Ms. Novak, as Lawrence mentioned, is going to be such an amazing bonding experience and such a great moment. But yeah, I guess speech and debate has been very paramount in my life in the sense that it's taught me extemporaneous speaking or it's taught me how to interact with people. It's been teaching me how to bond with others, make friends. All of these skills are honestly very crucial. But at the end of the day, it's changed my life, frankly. And I'm definitely going to try to carry the skills over to anything I do in the future. But in terms of continuing in college, I highly doubt that I will be able to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think focusing on career is yeah. that definitely good. Uh, it you know it does uh, you don't have to be in a speech and debate team to use these skills uh, during throughout your college uh, life. So it you know and, yeah you, you know you just got to set priorities sometimes, and especially in definitely. this hyper hyper fast world that's rapidly changing. Well, thank you so much, Kevin and Jack, for joining me um, on the DCI podcast, Keeping in Arcadia. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Stay safe. And yeah. Thank you, Larry, for having us on. And it was a great talk. Yeah. Yep, definitely. It was, a, it was a great discussion. You know, as always, stay safe, stay strong, yeah. and keep up the positive vibe. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you liked it, please like, comment, and subscribe, as well as follow AUSD on Facebook and Instagram for more information. We also have a new DCI Instagram at ArcadiaDCI, where you can check out updates on DCI, our work, and get to know the interns better. You can also visit our website at dciausd.weebly.com for more information and the full list of podcast episodes. Once again, this has been Layla, and thank you so much for listening. This is Keep It Arcadia signing off.